The story of Borough's season continued as all the points were shared in the tees with your derby. He's in, and he's snuck it across to Hayden What is up guys, welcome back to another episode of Project Borough and today we're looking at Borough's first game in 12 days back in the championship at home to Sunderland in the tees. We are Derby, Borough fresh off of a break, fresh off of I think a well needed break and the January transfer window and this was the game where we were hoping to kickstart hopefully a run of games, hopefully a spell and a run of form that could power us into the top six however it was exactly the same it was more of the same as to what we've kind of seen throughout the season thus far again and you could say Sunderland were in the same boat really both teams in very similar positions you know very creative very attacking good on the eye but struggle to put the ball away in the back of the net and struggle to really have that potent striker up front who they can rely on two sides I think in identical parts of their development, identical sort of issues, problems, pros, cons, and I guess the result was the right one today. I mean, I I thought before the game, Borough and Sunderland were drew, uh, due a draw, and that's exactly what happened. And in Borough's case, it was exactly more of the same, where we were pretty good creatively on the ball in midfield, getting the ball into some good areas, but it was once again the killer pass, the killer strike to kill a game off put your opposition away and essentially take the game away from them. And Sunderland had chances too. Honestly, if both sides had took the chances that they had today, it would have been 2-2, 3-2. It would have been at the Riverside. And I think overall, Borough would be the more disappointed of the two sides. I come away from this feeling like it was more of a loss than a draw. I think the flow of the game, especially the second half, Borough had Sunderland exactly where we wanted them in the second half. And... As is the way this season, we were unable to kill them off when we had them where we wanted them. And as has been the way much this season, the opposition score from nothing. A chance that they really shouldn't be getting. A chance you wouldn't expect them to score maybe one or two every ten, if that. And it ends up dropping points for Borough. But looking at the first half, I think the first half was pretty even game. I don't think there was much that could split both sides and it was exactly what you'd expect from two sides. As I say, very creative but struggle in that final moment and that's exactly what was the case with both sides. In Borough's case, we had a big chance with Finazaz. It was a good ball in behind by Lucas Engel who was outstanding in this game. Sam Greenwood had a good game too, made some really, really good runs. This was another one of them where the keeper just got to him before the ball and it come out of Finazaz, who yeah, couldn't ask for a better opportunity to get his first goal for the club. The goal was gaping, and instead of taking a touch, settling himself, composing himself, and picking his spot, he shot first time and put the ball over the bar. And I was a bit surprised by this. I think when I've seen Finazaz, he seems like a player who really does have composure and quality on the ball. So to see him spanner this over the bar in a chance that he really should do better in I was surprised I'll be honest but that was a gaping a, a glaring 
chance for Borough when the goal was gaping. But equally, Sunderland had some pretty big chances at the other end. They played the ball down the right-hand side. A great ball in behind by Bellingham into it. Might have been Equa. Actually, I think it was Barr who was down the right-hand side. I don't know why he didn't square it or play it back to Bellingham or across the box. Could have gone anywhere. Any any man in, in blue? Were they playing in blue? Luminous blue? I don't know what it was. Green? Luminous green? Anyway, any Sunderland man could have been there to tap it in. He instead opted to sort of side-foot it into the side netting. It was a really poor decision and finish. wouldn't say it was a glaring opportunity, but one they could have made more of. The biggest glaring opportunity for Sunderland come in the shape of, uh, well, you could say Jack Clark. You, you, you could say it was whoever he was who squared it to. Again, it might have been Equa, it might have been Bar. can't remember, but... Good play down the left-hand side. Jack Clark, as we'd expect, a massive threat down the wing. They did well to play the ball in. It come to Clark, who was he was right there in front of goal. You know, he'd sat Glover down. I have no idea why he didn't try and slip the ball under him by his side or over him in the corner. Instead, Sunderland tried to walk it in. They squared it, and the resulting shot was blocked on the line by Rav Vandenberg, who did excellently well to keep the scores at nil-nil. And that was the story of the first half, really. Both sides looked pretty good on the counter, slick in possession, good on transition, everything you'd expect, really, from both sides. And it was quite an, an open game. It was an enjoyable game to watch, if I'm honest. But both sides unable to put the ball where it mattered, and that was in the back of the net. However, in the second half, Borough come out, by far the better side. And I don't know if it was Borough stepping it up or Sunderland just completely falling off. I mean, Sunderland were, were dreadful in the in the second half for the first half an hour. I think up until the point to which Borough were forced into a couple of changes, Sunderland were awful. They, they, they seemed to lose all shape, all composure, all tempo. They just looked like a different side, second half. And Borough took advantage of that and bossed the game for the first, well, most of the second half. We controlled the game, played some really good movement, some good play. Again, couldn't quite get the ball into that position and get the, the right man on the end of it to finish off the chance until the 61st minute. And, of course, it was the man once again, as he has done since he's come back into the team multiple times already, the best finisher, pardon the pun, at the club, did it again. Marcus Force with a sublime skill and finish here. It was a free kick initially that I thought Borough had absolutely screwed up. I have no idea what we were doing, to be honest. Greenwood sort of lashed at it with his left foot. It was deflected up. But the left-footed touch from Marcus Force to keep the ball, to hold it up, and then to turn and slam it with his right foot was absolutely top draw it was just that sort of top level quality that you want up front he's proven since he come back he is the man for me who has to be the starting striker for Middlesbrough Football Club he has got the composure the eye for goal the finishing ability and it was an unbelievable goal and the Riverside absolutely blew up with noise after Marcus Foss put us ahead and it was nothing less than what Borough deserved in that second half we come out with the better side and we deserved the lead, and we got it. And we continued to put Sunderland under huge, huge pressure. It looked like, for all you could see, that Borough were going to go on and get a second, and we were either going to blow Sunderland away, or we were going to just 
keep them at arm's length as we had done for the whole of second half because they didn't look a threat at all. But the game sort of swung when Borough made a few subs, Sunderland made some subs. And unfortunately, two of Borough's subs were forced. They don't look like significant injuries, thank God. But Sam Greenwood and Marcus Force both had to go off with cramp. I think on the 77th minute. We were not too sure if it was cramp or they just felt a bit tight. A bit of a precaution, I'm not too sure. But yeah, Borough had to make them changes. Josh Coburn, come on, Lewis O'Brien, come on, Sammy Silvera. Also, come on, I think Barlasser was, was took off, who'd had a great game, to be honest. And a lot of Borough fans after the game were, were saying that the reason why we, we ended up drawing the game was because of the substitutions. Now, the Force and Greenwood substitutions were completely out of Carrick's hands. He had to make them changes because they both looked like they'd pulled up and Borough cannot risk any more injuries at this moment in time. So taking them off was the right decision. I think for me, the one I didn't quite get was, was bringing off Dan Barlasser, who was you know dictating playing Borough's midfield. If anything, you bring off Johnny House and I think, who, who had the worst game of the three. But nevertheless... He took him off, brought on Sammy Silvera, who went on the right, O'Brien came in the middle, Josh Corbin went up top. And after that, the game got away from Borough. You know, fair play to Sunderland, fair play to McBeal, who of course has come under so much criticism for them. They brought on uh, Rusin, their striker, Patrick Roberts as well. And it made a difference for Sunderland. But even then, the goal come from an individual error from Borough and, you know, Sunderland were very good on the counter-attack, as you'd expect. Jack Clark down the left, squared it to, to Rusin on the right-hand side and Rusin sort of took a dodgy first touch, struck it quite badly. It wasn't a great strike, but Tom Glover somehow made a mess of it and the ball found its way into his left-hand corner and it was from nothing. From absolutely nothing. Sunderland had offered nothing up until that point. Borough were in complete control. And one individual error changed the second half. It changed the game. And out of nothing, Sunderland were level. And Borough, once again, had conceded from a low XG chance. From absolutely nothing. And an individual error cost us. Which has happened so many times times this season i've played the compilation in these videos in the past i don't know if i'll bother playing it again but the number of of, of times this has happened this season is getting to the point of, of ludicrousy to be honest with you but yeah he somehow struck it it somehow found its way in the back of the net and it changed the game completely and sunderland just looked like a different side after that and all in, in all honesty borough clung on after that you know sunderland's tails were up their substitutions proved effective, they grew in strength, our substitutions had a negative impact on us and we sort of went backwards and Sunderland started to really pepper our box with crosses and shots in the final few minutes and I think we were kind of glad to see the full-time whistle in the end and it finished all square and although you could say on the balance of play, you look at the chances Sunderland missed in the first half the open goal, the, they missed Vandenberg on the line. You could argue a draw was the right result, and it probably was, but from a Borough perspective, to get ahead in that second half and take complete control of the game, to find a way of somehow drawing it, it just sums everything up for Borough this season. It really, really does. More drop points at home. Another part of the game where we were one up, if we'd have had that killer instinct, we we would have done what we did last season. Quite often, 
we put two, we put three past the side, we put the game beyond all doubt, but we just don't seem to be doing that this season, and we're still leaving the opposition with a glimmer of hope and a slim chance of getting something from the game. And whether it's flukiness, luck, or individual errors, a lot of the time the opposition are finding a way of taking something away from the game. And Borough drop two points in a game where I think we should have had all three. Sums up the story of our season. Really looking at the Borough team then, as you can see, similar side to what we had before the 12-day break that we've had of late Glover and Goal. We had a back four, Engel, Vandenberg, Fry and Ailing. Now we had all players who were ineligible back in the squad. Hackney and Barlasser. It says they played in midfield, but Hackney kind of played on the left, sort of in the left and across the, the, the attacking three with Housen as the centre midfielder alongside Dan Barlas. He had Azaz, Hackney and four sort of swapping and switching in behind the striker and it was Sam Greenwood who was up front in this game. I think looking across the Borough team, obviously Tom Glover, I'm not going to... I'm not going to hate on Tom Glover too much because there's been more occasions to which he's made some really big saves that have probably saved Borough points this season. So I'm not going to start calling for him to be dropped or anything because he's just made one error. But in isolation, he'll be extremely disappointed that he made such a mess of the save. He should have saved it. It shouldn't have really troubled him at all. And I think he knows that. And he's hoping he bounces back from it. But it's certainly no call to overreact or anything. He's done very well since he come in, and this is just one of them things. The back four, I think, did pretty well. It was a tough game for Luke Ayling. I think he did well enough on the right-hand side, up against Jack Clark, who's obviously one of the best wingers in the league. I think standout-wise, though, obviously, Rav made a fantastic block, but Lucas Engel was outstanding today. He Honestly, his left foot is fantastic. Some of the balls he plays in field, the number of balls he played in behind to Greenwood were weighted so well. Greenwood at times just just timed his run a bit too uh, late or early in in most cases where he was offside. But Lucas Engel, I think, had one of his best games. He was brilliant. The midfield were all right. I feel like Hackney maybe didn't have his best game. Barlasser, I thought, was absolutely brilliant. Housen, not so much. Um, it was his error early on that almost gifted Sunderland the goal when Rav cleared it off the line. And I think in an ideal world, I think I think Carrick's trying to shoehorn the three of them in at the side because he doesn't want to drop any of them but for me I think if Borough get well when Borough get Riley McGree back which will be next week you play him on the left and I think that then puts Hackney back in the centre of midfield and then a decision has to be made on Barlasser or Housen and I think for me it's Hackney and Barlasser in the middle for now and I think if you're going to take either of them out I think you put you put O'Brien in there if I'm honest if you want to have a bit more of an anchor alongside Hackney or Barlasser who are obviously better on the ball if you want someone who's going to clean up a little bit more win the second balls do the dirty business I think you put O'Brien in there over house and if I'm honest he just didn't have a good game and I think O'Brien's such a good player he's wasted on the bench and we've now got four fit centre mids so two of them are going to miss out for me and I think Hackney and Barlasser or Hackney and O'Brien would be the two I'd put in midfield. As for the attacking three, Azaz was sort of in and out the game, still not really seeing the best of him. He should have done better with a chance he was given. I think he's much better in the 10 for me, Azaz. I know Carrick likes to sort of rotate the attacking three, but I think we need to just put you know square pegs in square holes for me. There's too many players who are sort of having to dip into other positions where I don't think they're as comfortable. I think just play... Play the players in the right position, and for me, although Azaz can come in off the left, he's so much better in the middle for me, and that will allow Riley McGree to come back in 
who will hopefully or should be back now as Australia got knocked out of the Asia Cup. He should be back playing in off the left next week against Bristol City, which hopefully will have McGree on the left, Azaz in the middle, and then you're probably going to have Marcus Force on the right. I still think with him being by far the best forward at the club, he has to be played between the sticks or you know in the centre of the box, playing within the width of the box for me. I see why he's effective on the right, and I can definitely see why Carrick put Greenwood up front today, because unlike normal, what I will say about Sam Greenwood is he's been really ineffective in a lot of games this season, as you guys have probably heard me say, and unless he scores or assists, he doesn't really do much. But this was one of the first games in a long time where I think Sam Greenwood has genuinely been very, very effective off the ball and on the ball. You know, normally when he's played up front, he's always come towards the ball, wanting to sort of get on it, but I think what he did well today was he made some really good runs in behind, and on another day, if he had timed them better, he would have had a few opportunities 1v1, and he really stretched and pulled the Sunderland centre-backs up, you know, he pulled them around a little bit, stretched them as he ran behind, so although I would still always have Marcus Force up front, I think Sam Greenwood has shown that if he plays in the right way and he runs in behind more than he runs towards the ball, he can cause opposition defence problems and I think in this case today it worked but I would still much rather have Marcus Force up front because in essence if he gets the chances in and around that box he's going to take them more often than not compared to whoever else is playing up there so ideally for me as I mentioned with the midfield pair with players coming back I'd have him agree on the left Zaz in the middle if he's fit Isaiah Jones on the right and then Force up front I I will be happy to accept while Jones is out, Force is on the right. But in an ideal world, you'd put Jones on the right and Force up top. We do not know how long Isaiah Jones will be out for. But yeah, Greenwood, I thought, had one of his better games. Marcus Force, as I say, once again proving how good he is in front of goal. What a fantastic piece of skill and finish it was from him. And he's proven already in the few games that he's come back that he is the man to be played up front. And with everyone fit, Michael Carrick, I beg of you, put him up front and keep him there because he's the best player we've got at the club in that position. And as I'll get on to, Borough are desperate for someone up front. As for the substitutes, O'Brien, come on, did all right. Uh, again, he's probably someone I'd look to start or at least come on in that centre midfield position over Johnny House and Silvera come back. I'll credit him. He was literally playing for Australia. He was with Australia 48 hours ago in Qatar. He didn't play for them, hence why he come on and played today. And I thought he looked all right on the right-hand side. And it's great to have him back. Can't really say too much about Luke Thomas. He come on to make his debut. Made a few defensive, not errors, but looked a bit questionable at times. But it was his first appearance for Borough, you know, he'd come in at a point to which Sunderland were on top, so I'm not really going to judge him too much. Josh Corburn, come on, looked like, he looked a bit lost, I'll be honest, out there, and I'm going to get on to where I think Borough are following January, and where I think we are sort of in the season as a whole, and I will talk about our strikers and Josh Corburn a bit more, but yeah, Borough weren't the same side when we made the substitutes, and I think a lot of that was because we took Greenwood off and put Josh Coburn up front, and the threat that was, or the pressure that was on the Sunderland back line was gone once Josh Coburn come on. So I'll talk about that more in a little bit. As for the momentum at start, as you can see, first half was very up and down, one end to the other. You can't really say one side had the better of it over the other, but second half, you can see, up until the point to which Borough made the substitutions, literally 77 minutes. 
Borough were absolutely all over Sunderland, but didn't make our dominance pay. And then you can see that Sunderland absolutely overran us in the final 15 minutes. And that's why we're sort of relieved to come away with a point in the end. It was quite an even game, as you can see. Borough edged on the XG. Shots were quite similar. They had more shots on target. They had more big chances, but we had a big chance missed as well. We edged it possession-wise, but it was a very, very tight game. And again, as I say, a draw probably is the right result. It's the manner in which we drew, which is the frustrating thing. Looking at the championship table then, doesn't really do either side much good. Borough still sit in 12th. Four points off the plus. We cannot allow that gap to get too much bigger. And I do worry we're sort of clinging on a little bit at the moment. We do have games in hand on the teams between us and the playoff places, but we have played the same number of games as the teams currently occupying 5th and 6th at this moment. But what I want to look at is this, the home table. Now, for anyone who's listening on a podcast, um, Borough's home form is what's letting us down this season. We were absolutely outstanding at home last season, but this season not so much. You know, we're 14th for home form this season, 21 points from 15 games. We were actually 16th before today, but for a side who wants to be challenging for the playoffs, you've got to probably be getting two points per game at home, and Borough are nowhere near it. Six wins, three draws, six defeats at home, scored only 16 and conceded 16. So games at the Riverside, a very low scoring, and a little bit dull, you'd have to say. We're actually amongst some of the lowest scoring teams at home in the league. We've only scored one more goal at home than bottom QPR, the worst team at home. We've scored the same number of goals at home than as, as Rotherham have, which is crazy, and only just scored more than the likes of Sheffield Wednesday and Millwall. So that's where Borough need to improve massively because you look at our away form, we're actually in the playoffs. We're sixth when it comes to away form, 20 points from 14 away games. And if you want to look at another interesting stat, the XG, Borough are in the playoffs again when it comes to XG. Which leads me on to my final point, and that is Borough's strikers. Now, obviously, I did a big video overviewing Borough's tra January transfer window, so do check that out if you haven't already. But for me, one of the big takeaways from this game is that Borough haven't improved the squad, essentially. We've not gone any further forward. We've not gone any further backwards. We're in exactly the same uh, position that we were in before the January window. So essentially, nothing's changed. And I think we've missed a big trick with that. And I completely get why Borough do not want to sign strikers for the sake of it. But I genuinely feel like it's going to cost us this season. You know, you look at the fact we're better away from home. And I think that's because games open up a lot more. When we're on the road, the opposition are going to try and come at us a little bit more, which opens the game up and allows us to play our football and have more space to do our thing on the road, which I think complements the way we play quite a lot. However, at home, we really are struggling to score goals. You know, 16 goals in 15 home games is nowhere near good enough. And a lot of that comes down to the fact we have not got the killer instinct up front. We knew at the start of the season, you know, we missed out on a few targets. We knew... Lath and Coburn were not going to be enough to get us the goals throughout the season. And as much as I want Force to be played up front, I just don't know if, if Carrick will do it. I really, really don't. And Josh Coburn, listen, he was meant to go out on loan at the start of the season. He was meant to go to Plymouth. That tells you everything you need to know. He's a great kid. He always puts 100% effort in, but he's not 
good enough for the level Borough want to get themselves at. Yep, he has good games when it suits him. But in terms of a striker who can do it week in, week out, regardless of the opposition, guaranteed goal getter, he's just not good enough. He just isn't. And the jury's still out on Lath, I think. You know, he... He struggled with injuries. I think it's he can sort of give him a bit more, you know, wriggle room for that. I guess we've not really seen him have a proper run in the side, but you can't really rely on Lattie Laugh to to bang you twenty goals a season either because he's come from a, you know, he's come from a, another league abroad and he doesn't quite have the composure that we need as well. And we've not addressed it in the January window. You know, we we sold Morgan Rogers, who was our highest goal contributor in league and cup. Although not a striker, you can guarantee that he can get in positions to pick you up a goal when you desperately need it or create a goal when we desperately needed one. And although Azaz, I'm sure, will be a great signing, he's a different sort of player. I think he'll create more than what he'll score. And for all that Borough, when having a fully fit team, could have McGree back, Jones back, Azaz, Crooks as an option. And all these players as options doesn't matter. Even if Borough are at full-strength defence, full-strength midfield, we still don't have enough up front. And the fact we've not addressed that in January, I think, has sort of kneecapped our season a little bit. And I look at what Hull have done. I look at the teams between us, especially West Brom, Coventry. Do I think Borough have got enough to get in the playoffs Hand on heart right now, I'd say no. We, we look like a very 8th to 10th place side. And the bottom line is, we just don't have the consistency. You know, we don't have the consistency required, both in terms of the players we can field, because we keep getting injuries, but we don't have the consistency in form either. You know, we had one good run at the start of the season, where we were really good going forward. We had a couple of clean sheets on the bounce, and it looked like we'd really found something. But since then... We just can't get going. We're like a car that just can't get started. We get stuck in first gear and we can't put a run together. And until we've got a fully fit squad and a, and a striker that looks remotely reliable, I don't see it. You know, if we get a fully fit squad back and we start sticking force up front every game, then maybe, yes, there's an argument. But at the moment, I'm just not seeing enough to suggest that Borough can overthrow the teams between us and the playoffs. We just don't have the consistency and we're not good enough at home. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a big, big run of games for us now. I just want us to have a run where we don't get injuries. You know, Crooks was out this week. He picked up an injury in training. Every time we get one back, we seem to lose one. I'm just begging for a run where we can field our best team, and we can just get a bit of form into the boys. You know, if they're not playing week in, week out, they're not going to get into form. So I just want our best players in over a short period where they can pick up form and that's where the consistency will come from. And maybe then Borough will have a chance. But as things stand, we're very much just outside looking in 8th to 10th for me. And I just hope that we can just catch a break, get everyone back and really have a go at it and give everything towards the end of the season. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Dieng's training again. Lath's still quite far off. Bangura's out for the season. We don't know with Jones. So yeah, let's cross our fingers. I'm still living in hope, but hope is very slim, I'd say, at this moment in time. But that's it for this one, guys. If you've enjoyed it, do it the like button and subscribe here on YouTube and comment below your thoughts on the game and Borough as a whole. If you're listening on the podcast providers, do give me a like, a follow and a subscribe and a rating or whatever it is that you do 
over on your podcast providers. But until next time, guys, I'll be back throughout the week with some more content and next week when we'll be back to, yeah, review our next match, which is at home to Bristol City on February the 10th. But until then, big thank you for watching, guys. Do take care, and I'll see you all in the next one.